Hour two of the nightcap here on VSIN. We're going to talk to Adam Hill from the Las Vegas Review Journal. A little UFC 262 preview, a little Raiders talk, a little just general NFL talk. He was a big NFL draft, uh, 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 covered the NFL draft quite a bit. So we'll talk to Adam here in just uh, in just a matter of moments. Let's get you updated on uh, on some JV basketball tonight. Ha! Um, I don't know which game to start with. We'll start with... They're all garbage. We'll start with Houston and the Clippers. And once again, to remind you, I had to, I had to write down on the old trusty uh, notepad here who was out. Clippers, Reggie Jackson, Pat Beverly, Terrence Mann, Serge Ibaka, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, all out tonight for the Los Angeles Clippers. Well, so that's why it was three pages long, I see, because yes. you use the legal pad. Yes, I, I do. I was wondering why it was all three pages. Uh, this line still went off seven because Houston is no good. And they right, got a lot of guys out too. And the Houston Rockets lead 112 to 101. This one with 640 to go in the fourth quarter. Gross. So the Rockets, uh, you said this during the break, and I agree. <laughs> if anyone's going to blow a lead, it could be the, the worst team in the oh, NBA in the Houston Rockets. But still, it was so. Why didn't I take the eight and a half? I've been so smart. I mean, I'm an idiot in general, but I've been so smart with some of the plays I've made in recent weeks. And why would I take that? I mean, it was it was, a, it was boring. I wanted to do something. There was a, as we mentioned, like these games are just disgusting. I think I just got a triple, by the way. I might have kept. I did. There we go. We you are got down. Luke Kennard, former I told Piston, you, ten point you quarter, eight point game with six to go. It's going to twenty two to three run. How does that sound? Sounds good for you. And then I'm going to root in your uh, Sacto Memphis game here. Yeah, I ended up playing Sacramento tonight. Uh, late to the the party. I should have assumed. Uh, I, I don't know why my brain wasn't working last night, but you know we should have we should have looked at Memphis and recognized this game means absolutely nothing. nothing. It means nothing to Memphis. We'll get to Golden State, who's actually winning, but it means nothing to either one of these teams. Sunday afternoon, three thirty Eastern, twelve thirty Pacific. You got Warriors and Grizzlies. The winner gets the eight seed. The loser gets the nine seed. It, that's it's it's all set. That that's all tonight. Not is meaningless. For both of these teams, so Memphis announced that Jonas Valanciunas, John Morant, Jaron Jackson, Dylan Brooks, Brandon Clark, Kyle Anderson, uh, all out. But yet they're still hanging in there, and uh, they're actually leading 94-91 over Sacramento, who also uh, stinks. So, all right, I got to give you one more update because I love I love the fact that I, I bet a team with a guy named Jay Scrub, the pride of Johnny Logan College, which I have no idea where that is, by the way. But what a great name! He's only playing because he is a scrub. And his last name is Scrub. He just hit and got a three-point play. They cut it to five at seven now. But I'm telling you, I'm right on the precipice of getting back in this one. It'd be another miracle like you're – I rooted in your Portland over last you night. You did. I got it done again for you. Yeah, we uh, – yeah. that was wild. Yeah, uh, I set the over Dame McCollum total at 60. Got Robert, Robert Covington missed two free throws. Uh, and, that, and that's what, by the way, those two missed free throws and then uh, Devin Booker coming down getting fouled with .9 – uh, seconds yep. to go. He hit both free throws. That hits the over for me. Yep. Not the closing line over, but it keeps the Lakers slim hopes alive to potentially get the six seed. Um, you know, and that's a discussion maybe we'll have a little bit later on. Is if you're the Lakers, yes, you don't want to play the playing game. However, would you rather play the Suns, who you have a massive advantage over matchup wise? Or would you rather play the Clippers in the first round? If I'm the Lakers, first off, and you mentioned, I don't, I don't think that they really, they're the champs. You know, not that the pressure's off or anything, but they, they, I don't think the Lakers are going to worry about whatever situation they're in. That is true. Healthy. That being said, I would definitely rather play the Clippers because they own them in big situations. 
I know I'm with you, and we've agreed on this all week with the clip. The... And the Suns, I mean, granted, the Clippers bowed out last year up four games, right. three games to one. Right. But they do have Kawhi Leonard. They've got a champ on that. Nobody on the Suns have, has ever been there. But ever. They, listen, matchup problems or not. And I'm with you. He's CP3, but he's never made it to a yeah. finals. We we agree on the on the matchup problems with the Suns and the Lakers. But that Suns team, I know first time in the playoffs in 10 years, I, they, there's something special about them. I just think they're going to have a, they're going to go on some kind of run in the Western Conference. Here I would not want to play them. Here we go, Sacramento. Man, cheering on the Sacramento Kings uh, is is not. And they were officially eliminated from the playoffs yesterday when San Antonio won. Um, playing for pride. Playing playing for pride. Uh, by the way, speaking of uh, play-ins. Uh, the Wizards won tonight. Wizards will be officially in the play-in game. Adam Hill in a minute. Minute. We keep it rolling on a Friday night live from the Circus Sportsbook. Dan Leash, Tim Murray, and... Uh, I think you just referred to me as Dan Leash. I did. You, you've had me on a leash all week, so let's take me off and just do Dan Leash. I'm proud of myself, though. I hadn't messed up your name in four you, nights. You really messed up anything. Uh, so... Ever. Unbelievable. <laughs> At Dan Leach, 971 on Twitter. At Adam Hill, LVRJ on Twitter, who has uh, sat in Dan's seat a couple of times. And uh, we, 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 we bared him the expense. And we said, nah, just, just call in tonight. Uh, Adam, so much to get to uh, this weekend. And looking back at the draft, I haven't spoken to you uh, since, since the draft unfolded. And, uh, you know, curious on a, on, a, on a whole handful of things. But overall... With you being so close and covering the the Las Vegas Raiders, their pick of Alex Leatherwood at 17 was criticized. But I think you've brought this up and others have as well. If you just took a step back and said the Raiders got Trayvon Morig and Alex Leatherwood in the first two rounds, people would say, "Well done, Raiders. That's a that's a hell of a pull." But it was not in the the way we all thought. So ultimately, what did you think of this Raiders draft? Uh, well, first of all, I just want to say, Dan, don't worry about it. Last time I was there, I think uh, Tim had to look down and remember my name from a sheet of paper. So I you're did. fine. And Hill is a very and tough name. That Hill is a real tricky one. I try to, <laughs> I try to do that very discreetly. You picked up on that, Adam? Yeah. I mean, I thought we were friends, and I'm like, what are you looking at the sheet for? What are we doing here? Uh, no, uh, you're absolutely right about the Raiders draft. I, I think going into it, uh, like you said, if you would have, if you would have said, hey, these are the first two picks of the first two rounds, you would have said, wow. The Raiders had a responsible draft. They filled two needs with two players. They didn't have to reach. What a job by the Raiders. But that's not what happened. They take Leatherwood in the first round. Uh, Merrick falls to them in the second round. And then you say, well, how much better could they have done? How much better does the draft look if it's Christian Derrissaw and right. Trayvon Merrick? I mean, th then all of a sudden now uh, you're talking about something that's even more special. So uh, the Raiders loved Alex Leatherwood. Uh, according to everyone I've talked to in the organization, Tom Cable, offensive line coach watched his tape and said, that's my guy. That's who I want. Now that's fine. Uh, if that's the guy that you want, uh, you can trade down and still get him. And, you know, from, from everything we hear, the Vikings tried to trade back up to that spot to take Christian Derrissaw. Raiders could have traded down, you know, seven spots, got some additional assets, still got Leatherwood, still got Merrick. And then all of a sudden the draft looks pretty good, but uh, the Raiders are the Raiders and they do what they want to do. And the last couple of years, they've had their own draft board. And that's fine when it works out. Uh, but when it doesn't work out, you, you kind of look silly and people continue to criticize you and you don't really earn the benefit of the doubt with your picks. Adam, I wanted to, you know, we had Derek Stevenson earlier talking about, you know, the, the fan base is coming in this year with the Ravens and the Bears and the Eagles and what, 
you know, I don't know what the percentage that will be allowed at Allegiant Stadium by, by that point, if we know that yet. Uh, but I just, the, the atmosphere and the electricity and what you think it's going to be like at a Raiders home game, of course, you're going to have a lot of opposing fans there making that Vegas trip. But I think you might have one of the most unique atmospheres in the NFL based on how many, obviously, people allow in there. What do you, what do you see happening with the Raiders this year at home? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's one of the intriguing things. I mean, for so long, we've heard, well, if, if Vegas had an NFL team, it's going to be 50% or even more visiting fans, and, and it's going to be a weird, sterile environment, and it's going to be so expensive that there's not going to be real fans there. Like, we've heard that, but then the season tickets sold so quickly, and it seemed to be genuine fans that bought a lot of the tickets, even though they were very expensive. I, I don't know what it's going to be like on the resale market we've seen so far. Uh, resale tickets are insanely expensive, so all these people that thought they might be coming to Vegas from these other markets uh, maybe get a little sticker shock. Maybe they still come to Vegas and just hang out on the strip instead of actually going to the game. Um, I'm just genuinely intrigued. Like I, I feel like it's not going to be rowdy just because who uh, can afford to pay like a $75,000 PSL and then hmm. be rowdy. Like I, it's just, it's weird to me. Um, but listen, that nightclub in the end zone, oh. that's what I'm focused on. I can't wait. I, I've said this since the, the moment I stepped in there about, you know, 14 months ago, I was like, oh, my goodness, this nightclub is going to be insane. And now everybody's kind of talking about it. They're seeing the photos of it. Um, a DJ playing during the game, uh, people dancing in the aisles right in the end zone. It's going to be unbelievable to see what that looks like. Yeah, week one, and, and we were talking to the guys going to start the show, Adam. He couldn't have asked for a better situation for, for Vegas and tourism because all those Baltimoreans are going to come come out here and they get to party it up on Saturday yep. and on Sunday and then go to the game on Monday. So I think it'll be a lively crowd, even for, you know, those that the Ravens flock that won't even get in. Uh, but, you know, looking, I, I want to expand a little bit into the AFC West. Uh, you covered the draft so closely and I always love picking your brain. Uh, the Chargers, they have been applauded by many. I, I liked what they were able to do. You know, Asante Samuel Jr. in the second round. Uh, Rashawn Slater, they don't trade up. They're able to get him at 13. Uh, I like the acquisition of Rumpf, uh, the kid out of Duke in the fourth round. Uh, you're looking at a win total of nine for the uh, for the Los Angeles Chargers. AFC gets nine home games this year. Uh, the NFC gets eight uh, with that 17th game. What do you think about the win totals in this division? Chargers at nine, Raiders at seven, the Broncos at eight and a half, and then you look at the Chiefs with the highest at 12 and a half. Uh, so let's, I, I guess let's kind of break it down by team. And, and as you mentioned, the Chargers aren't interesting because Justin Herbert was so much better than everybody expected last year. Um, I do expect a regression to a point. Um, I think everything points to some kind of regression. But if you look last year, he was number one uh, under pressure, according to Pro Football Focus and their their metrics. He was great under pressure. That usually is not a very consistent stat. Usually you look at their top five under pressure, and then the next year it's a totally different top five. Uh, that's not really a stat that maintains itself. It's kind of a fluky stat. So I don't think it necessarily means he's good under pressure. It just means he was good under pressure last year. And the Chargers could have sat back and said, hey, our guy's great under pressure. We don't have to build an offensive line. But they did. They invested in that offensive line, and I think that will help kind of mitigate some of that regression. Uh, but I do think the win total... Uh, is about right. I don't want to jump on the over, even though I love what they've done all off season, because I do think with a new coach, I think there's going to be a natural kind of step back, even though, you know, the criticism of Anthony Lynn and 
he was holding him back. I get all that, but I, I don't necessarily think that's the case. Uh, I think it takes a little bit of time to kind of develop under uh, the new administration. So I'm not going to rush to bet the over, even though I like the direction they're moving in as a franchise. The Broncos, I think you just bet the over blindly just in case, right? <laughs> I mean, it, I like they're if, garbage. If, oh, if, yeah, if, if Aaron Rodgers up, shows up, they're, they're what? What what are they, Adam? If, if Aaron Rodgers, which I, I think is, I don't know, I, my hunch today, it, it changes every day, but my hunch today is he's he's either retired or he plays for the Packers. That's that's my gut today. I'm with you, too. Uh, but it could change tomorrow. Uh, but to your point, betting it blindly over, because if he, with the talent that's there offensively, I love Javante Williams. They got him in the second round. They have all those receivers. You know, Jerry Judy needs to improve. He had a lot of drops last year. Uh, they, they got Hamler, the speedster last year, uh, Cortland Sutton. So they got a lot of dudes. And if Aaron Rodgers shows up there, what are they, are they the second best team in the AFC? Probably. And I think, you know, I don't think you overreact on the betting board, but I think it's fair to say it's maybe 10 and a half instead of eight and a half. Sure. So bet the over. And guess what? If he doesn't go there, then you just bet the under and you find a good number and you lose maybe a little bit of juice, but I think you can find a number uh, that you're not even going to get burned on the juice that badly uh, by betting it back. And then if, if he does come, then you've all, all of a sudden got a free bet on the over with Aaron Rodgers. So I, I think uh, that might be a play to do with the Broncos. Like their roster is incredible top to bottom, uh, except for quarterback. And, you know, there's the questions. Can Drew Locke take a step forward? Can Bridgewater put the pressure on him? Does Bridgewater step in and play? Uh, he wasn't very good the second half of last year, but you know, with that roster, maybe he's a pretty good option there. So, um, I think this team can be pretty good, but obviously that's a different level uh, if they get Aaron Rodgers. And then the Chiefs, man, their, their schedule is not easy. Of course, they've got a first-place schedule, uh, but that team wins as many games as they want to win. Um, you know, We know that the traditionally the Super Bowl loser uh, has a bit of a hangover effect. They don't have a great season. Uh, but I just think if they want to go out there and win, you know, go 13-4, and four, they can. If they want to go 14-3, and three, they can. So I, I'm not going to bet them under. I, I believe... If I'm not mistaken, Andy Reid's gone over every year uh, with with Kansas City. Um, he just doesn't he doesn't go under. He exceeds expectations. So uh, I you know I don't know how interested they're going to be in the regular season, but I'm not betting that team under uh, the total at all. So if, if you're going to ask me of those three, I would go Chargers maybe under, uh, Broncos over just because the possibilities, and then Chiefs over just because they're so good. Yeah, Adam, if I could take you from uh, the nightclub of Legion Sandy, which I want to move into, by the way, uh, to the Octagon in UFC 262 at the Toyota Center in Houston. You got Oliveira Chandler in the main event, uh, Darius and Ferguson. Uh, what, what do you what do you feel about this uh, this you know co-build at the, the main events of the night? Uh, I know my friend is really on Chandler by KO. He's plus 110 right now at DraftKings, and uh, Oliveira is minus 134. What do you think about tomorrow night's big UFC pay-per-view? Yeah, I love the main event. I think it's going to be incredibly entertaining. I think, you know, Oliveira and Chandler are not the biggest names, but they are unbelievably talented and just really, really good, exciting, fun fighters. Uh, I think it's the kind of fight you can watch without even betting it. But I know that, we, you know, we like to bet on everything here. And uh, I, I love betting on everything for sure. So um, I would say I don't love either side, but if you're getting a plus price on Chandler, I think it's worth doing it. And if, if it was the other way around, if it was a press place at Oliveira, I might think it was worth doing up there too. Uh, they both have good paths to victory. Oliveira is unbelievable on the ground. His submissions are great, but Chandler's a very, very good wrestler, which could neutralize that. Uh, and then on the other side, Chandler is, uh, has got a ton of power in his hands. We saw that against Dan Hooker. We saw it throughout his Bellator run. Uh, but Oliveira's striking has gotten significantly better over his time in the UFC. So, 
Uh, I'm just taking whichever guy and get at a plus price in this one, and uh, it just kind of enjoying the fight. Uh, as far as the other fights on the card, like Tony Ferguson is just he's so talented, but it's it's almost like he just completely hit a wall and he's finished. Um, if he's the old Tony Ferguson, yeah, there's great value there, but I'm not going to take a chance on it. I think I'm just going to lay uh, the number with Darius, who I think is just such a good all-around fighter. He's never gotten the credit he deserved. He's never gotten the showcase he deserved, uh, but he's just really good. It's more than I want to lay against Tony Ferguson, but Tony Ferguson is just a shell of his former self, and he's always crazy. But like yesterday's press conference, I didn't even understand what he was saying most of the time. He had one unbelievable line, and then the rest of the time he was just spouting craziness. Darius was like trying to come back at him, and he couldn't even figure out what he was trying to say. <laughs> it was so weird. And then uh, I, I I do want to point out something in another fight to uh, Caitlin Chukagian. I, I actually really was like, let me find what the number is on her to win by decision. Let's let's see if I can find this number. And I found it. And what it tells me is not to bet it. And here's why. You can find her at like minus 130, minus 135. There's even some 140s out there. So she's just a slight favorite. So I figured by decision, maybe you get like a plus 150, 160, maybe even higher than that. But you really can't. You can just find like an even money. So why would you better at even money to win by decision when you can better at like 135 to win by any method right. uh, just in case she Great finishes point. something? So so that's one of those things where like I like to find a method of finish. And I think last time we talked about um, you know, a fighter winning by KO, and, and we, we got to win on that. But if you're not going to get really good value out of it, there's no reason to force something like that. Just better to win if you think she's going to win. And I, and I do. I, I like her in this fight. Uh, Arujo is, is talented, but she came with, with hype that I just haven't seen. She hasn't backed it up since she got to the UFC. So uh, I've seen Chukagian do it. I've seen her uh, kind of defy expectations quite a bit, and I've seen Arujo under under underperform. Uh, so I'll take Caitlin Chukagian in the fight. Chatting once again with Adam Hill from the uh, LVRJ, the Las Vegas Review Journal. Had to look down on my sheet to remember who we had on here, Adam. Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I just want to go back quickly to the main event because you know, I, you know, Chandler was uh, what he was the uh, on the undercard or not the undercard. He was the second fight before Conor McGregor. Uh, you know, a couple months ago over on Fight Island. And that, that was his UFC debut, and he knocked out Hooker in the first round. What is the thought in the UFC community uh, about Chandler? Because this is just his second fight. Are, are, are people, I mean, we've seen this, you know, open plus 110 here at Circa. It's up to plus 123 for Chandler. So money's been coming in on Oliveira. Are people not fully buying in yet on Chandler and just his second fight here in the UFC? Yeah, I mean, I think when we talk about MMA, we talk about UFC, and that's like that's the be-all, end-all. And Chandler has done all of his work outside the UFC. He's been incredible in Bellator for a long time. He's beaten some former UFC champions along the way uh, during his Bellator run, but he just hasn't been doing it in the big spotlight. Uh, and he, you know, he burst on the scene with that spectacular win and earned him a title fight. But Oliveira has been in the UFC for uh, like 12 years at this point. He's been grinding away. He made his UFC debut at age 20. Uh, and he's been in the UFC the whole time, just kind of making progress. He was about a 500 fighter for the first couple of years he was in the UFC. I think 10 and 8, uh, his first 18 fights in the UFC. And then he just went on this big run. He just got better and better. And, and people have seen his progress. So I think that's kind of where they're coming from here. Um, but again, I think they're about the same. And I, I think that's part of the intrigue of this fight is that Chandler, it's like the quickest run to a title fight ever to have one fight in the UFC and then be in the title fight. And it was perfect timing because he comes in, Khabib abandons the title, Poirier and McGregor decide they're fighting each other instead of fighting for a belt, and then Chandler's like, all right, I'm here. I'll step in and take the fight, and 
Oliveira's been grinding away at it for 13 years. Chandler's had one fight. So it's like the shortest and longest path uh, to a title fight we've seen in the UFC. But I, I think that's that's just kind of what it is. Any bias against Chandler is just the fact that he hasn't been doing it in the UFC. But he's been doing it for a long time at a very high level. He is Adam Hill. He's one of our favorites at Adam Hill, LVRJ. And uh, he, knows, he knows it all. Raiders, NFL draft, UFC, he does it all. You're the man, Adam. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure to talk to you guys. There he is, Adam Great Hill stuff. from the LVRJ. Quick thing I wanted to point out, too, on the, the UFC 262 odds. So many times you have this, you know, huge favorites up and down the card. I can't remember the last time I've seen a card that's got this many lines under minus $200. Most of them are around minus 148. You know, uh, Chukini, as I mentioned, minus one, she's minus 139. That's There's a lot of, there's some value out there. Do some parlays, build some stuff going on out there tomorrow night. All right, we'll take a look at the, uh, the JV squads that are all in action on the NBA slate tonight. Am I going to lose my bet? Looks like it. Me is, too. Is Dan going to lose his bet? Yep, looks like it. <laughs> my baseball team's winning, though, so hey, we got that going for me. It is the nightcap here on Visa. The Preakness means there are two episodes this week of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod. The first is a pop-up with Las Vegas bookmakers and horse players, Chris Andrews, who will be a guest of our program here later on, Johnny Avello and Dwayne Colucci. They analyze all 10 horses in this weekend's race. The regular episode from Balmer features Hall of Fame trainer Dwayne Lucas, Medina Spirits exercise rider Humberto Gomez, and Maryland Jockey Club TV host Naomi Tucker. Both episodes are available now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It is sponsored by First Bet. Later on in the program, you're going to want to stick around. It's going to be Dan's Picks. For the Preakness. Oh, sizzling Preakness action. You do not want to miss it. You know, I'm, 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 I'm thrilled that you are, obviously, you're hosting tomorrow. You're going to be on the air during the Preakness, right? Nothing like that. So you're going you're gonna to be like Kramer, you know. Come on. Come on. Get in there. Uh, and then you'll Double be hosting stretch. on Sunday solo. And I think Banksy, if, in fact, uh, who was your uh, rum? Rombauer. Rombauer. You know what? If Ron Bauer comes in last, Banksy's he's stopping in. So I love Banksy, but let me just you know for full disclosure here, they came in surprise you know after last midnight night. midnight yep. Eastern last night. Yep, I never met Banksy before. I love the guy. I already you know feel endeared to him. He said he was from South Detroit, which doesn't exist. It's called Windsor, Canada. So the fact that he knew that you know I loved him right away. But I I was we were talking Preakness for a minute. We were teasing that he was going to give his picks. I mentioned that I don't drink, but if I did, I'd have a midnight bourbon. Right. He made fun of me. And then his pick tonight was Midnight Bourbon. So I'm just saying, I love the guy, but I think he stole my pick because he made fun of me. He said he was going to come in and give me grief on whatever on Sunday too. And then he, he took the guy that I like. Well, the horse. Uh, yeah. So uh, at, at Midnight uh, Midnight Bourbon, who I, I haven't checked the odds here. Four, four, 480 is the last I saw. Is and, it? But at the Paramutual in, in Baltimore, you know, Twin Spires, I think he's – the favorite now. Yeah, I, I what I'm hoping is that those odds. I I think he's going to get bet down. There's a lot of a lot of people that don't know a lot about horse racing are you know listening to the experts. I'm kidding. I'm not an expert, but I, I love I love the sport, and they're they're listening to people that are giving them midnight bourbon over and over again. A bunch of different analytics people and and different you know you know handicappers. I think it it might go. He might go off at like three and a half to one. I want five to one. I want that's great value because I like him. I don't want to give away my picks. Yeah. Well, 
Hold. But I like him. It's called a tease. You got to wait for the, the yeah. Squatch's uh, sizzling Preakness. Basically. We'll get, uh, yeah, we'll talk some Preakness later on in the show. Chris Andrews also, I'm sure he'll want to talk some ponies at the top of the hour. Uh, let's get you updated on a couple games that have just gone final. Some good, some bad for your boys here on the set. Yeah. Houston does pull out the, the victory <laughs> over the Los Angeles Clippers. By the way, you could have got this if you were preemptive yeah. could have got Houston plus 525 that's where it opened closed on the money line here at circa plus 260 uh the Houston Rockets beat the I, I'm gonna say freshman squad well Clippers fire up the band the, the Rockets stopped the seven game losing streak yeah. I should have known when I made my analysis and pick on that game I should have known seven is a magic number yeah it's like NFL for three and seven points how dare I take a team going to stop or get bet against the team trying to stop a seven-game losing streak? So, I'm an idiot. And one game that has just gone final, uh, at least I don't lose both bets. I did take a bite of, and I was late to the party, you know, as the news trickled out. I should have gone in earlier. It would have been no sweat if you got it early, Memphis and Sacramento. I took the three, but I also took a little on the money line, so I lose that bet because at the buzzer, Terrence Davis's Who? three-pointer – off the backboard, hits the front rim, rolls off. We were, you were, I was, I was with you here, going nuts for you. You almost got the double dip. That there. would have been. That would have been a tasty, Ooh. a lot of iced coffees with that money. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to worry about me getting it for you anymore. Get your own iced coffee. Now the Kings do cover. Final score: Memphis one hundred seven, Sacramento one hundred six. Setting us up uh, for Sunday, which should be great. Uh, and that game will be. I'm just. I'm all basing this around your schedule here on Veasan. I love it for you for doing. Should that. be wrapped up by the time you hit the air, so you'll know. Uh, you should know the play in. Uh, the play in game or who gets the eight seed, Memphis or Golden State. Golden State without Draymond, without Steph. Up 95-87 right now in the third quarter over the New Orleans. And Pelicans. I wasn't going to touch that game with a tempo pull, but the one other game I was looking at to take in the, the parlay that I ended up losing with my anti-Detroit bats when I took Denver and, and the Cubs was Golden State, but I wasn't going to take that game. No one's playing. Yeah, uh, no one's playing for either team. Uh, you know, Zion's obviously been out. Ingram's out. That line, as you would imagine, with the news of Steph and Draymond being out, went from five and a half yep. to pick here at Circa. Let's get back to the NFL. One of the more intriguing odds markets out there is Coach of the Year. We'll get into those odds next. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN and the Preakness, folks. It is tomorrow, and VEASAN has everything you need to get a betting edge. Visit VEASAN.com backslash horses to find our full race coverage and picks from horse racing specialists. Plus, get a special offer from our partners at FirstBet. FirstBet is giving $20 in free bets for all new users who sign up now using the promo code VEGAS20. Also, everyone who redeems this $20 free offer will receive full access to VEASAN with the subscription, the products, all for free from now through the Belmont Stakes. Sign up now and you will get analysis and wagering on every race with AI, assisted picks, secure payments, attendant customer service, and a reliable website. Go to vcin.com backslash horses. Now, for this special offer, an expert analysis on the Preakness, vcin.com backslash horses, promo code Vegas20. It is the nightcap here on vcin. almost didn't find that uh, didn't find that sheet and uh, found it just in time. Yeah, that was pretty uh, – I, I was, was impressed. Like, where, where is it? Where is it? I had, I had these reads – 
I'm just still it. impressed you got Animal's name right this time. I know. That's that's that's, that's like, I think the, the save of the night. I just like to double check. I am I am horrible with names, and uh, I only call. It, I'm trying to remember who it was. It wasn't Adam. Aaron will remember. Um, you know, we've had a rotation of 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 co-hosts. I I called someone completely the wrong name, and then just you know you got to play it off. They're like, yeah, well that's my alter ego, but thanks. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've only called you Adam Leash. Or once, so I, well, and it's I better, consider that a win. It's barely. It's even better to call me Dan Leash instead of Adam Leash. Yeah, there you go. So you know, there you go. There's number two. There's number two. Adam Leash. <laughs> See, you got in my head, man. I've done it. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday was batting a thousand. Then I call him Dan Leash. Now I'm calling him Adam. Adam Hill calls me out. Yeah, I will say. I this, thought though. I was slick. I thought I was smooth enough. To look down and 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 just to double check, you know, just double check. You know, poker players have, you know, they can tell your, you know, know your tells. Adam, do your tell. Yeah. But uh, it's been a, a pleasure and honor, Tim. For real, you're a you're a heck of a guy. It's been a lot of fun being out here, and hopefully more stuff in the future with you. That's yeah, enough out of you. Hey. Uh, but by the way, Dan will be hosting Saturday and Sunday Bet Center. You and Josh Towers tomorrow, and then you solo on Sunday. Sunday's gonna be a great day. Huge NBA slate. Uh, so it's gonna be a, a great day, and uh, like what fourteen games? And you're gonna be uh, uh, gloating about your Preakness winners. Yep, I'm gonna make myself and everyone else that listens to my picks a ton of money, or they're gonna get really mad at me. One or the other. There's I mean, no, no in between. There's no in between. That's the way my derby went. Um, so one of the more intriguing futures plays, and I even think now in the NBA, if you can find it out there. Now these this market is is a Difficult one to find, uh, but the coach of the year market is always is is a tricky one. So last year, Kevin Stefanski won coach of the year, head coach of the Cleveland Browns, as they go eleven and five. Uh, year prior was John Harbaugh, and, and just using the NBA as an example, right? We're still having discussions on on who people believe it will be. I think we it, both agree. On I think it'll is. be Monty Williams. Yeah, we both I think agree. It on should that. be Monty Williams, but I think Tom Thibodeau. Deserves a ton of credit for sure, and he, he will get he will get some votes. But when you look at everything else, MVP locked up Jokic, yep. uh, Rookie of the Year locked up Lamelo, Defensive Player of the Defensive Year, Defensive Player locked up. That's Rudy Gobert, yep. Six Man Clarkson locked up, uh, Most Improved locked up Julius Randle. Every award is spoken for except Coach of the Year. And last year, similar too. I mean, it would go ebbs and flows. So when you look at the preseason odds at DraftKings on Coach of the Year, your favorite. You have tri favorites. It's crazy. One of these guys is a favorite. Brandon Staley. That's the one. Rookie head coach for the Chargers, but dopes like me think the Chargers are going to be good this year. Last year, they lost seven games by one score or less. I love their draft. They've got talent. Justin Herbert, year number two. It's a, it, it's, if they go. You know, they were seven and nine last year. If they go ten and seven to the playoffs, he'll be in the discussion. Kevin Stefanski, I'm surprised he's up there. Is he gonna win it again? No. Back to back years? No. Uh, you know, just looking quickly at AP Coach of the Years, I don't think we've had a back to back. Did Belichick do it once? I thought he did it once in the early when they won the back to back Super Bowl. So Belichick's won it three times. Never back to back. Twenty uh, two thousand three, two thousand seven when they went undefeated. And then 2010. So he's won it three times, but no, he has not won it back-to-back. So I, I don't think Stefanski. Kyle Shanahan's intriguing, right? Um, you know, people are very high on, on the San Francisco 49ers. They do have that preseason buzz, though. So, you know, what? 
if you as we go down this list, there's not much differentiating, you know, from the favorite to Robert Sala and Matt Rule and Andy Reid at twenty to one, Joe Judge at twenty to one, Arthur Smith. I think Arthur Smith's intriguing uh, because I think the Falcons went four and twelve last year. Could they be a f- playoff team? I think it wouldn't be the craziest playoffs. Thing. I-, I wouldn't be stunned. I mean, with seven playoff teams, I wouldn't be shocked. So Arthur Smith could be a possibility. Well, who jumps out to you? Uh, on this coach of the year. Uh, I would say Arthur Smith, because of my infatuation with the Falcons at 18 to one, I would be intrigued by him. Well, a couple things. First off, I'm extremely disappointed that just by saying you're going to bite kneecaps alone, Dan Campbell should be in the top five. The lines are going to be terrible, but look at the, look at the top of that, that list. And you mentioned Staley and Stefanski and I, I'm with you. I don't think Stefanski, unless the Browns go like 15 and one or something. Uh, you know, you look at those favorites at the top six or seven there. Yeah, McVay's been to a Super Bowl. Yeah, Shanahan's got the name. But, you know, the tried and trues, the Paytons, the Belichicks, the Andy Reeds. yeah, they're on the, the top 15 of this list. But you got all younger guys, guys that have, you know, kind of worked their way up in the last, especially a guy that I'm going to mention in Brian Flores in a second, in the, in the first couple of years of their coaching careers. This is a very interesting list. And you mentioned it's a very, I know the market, as you mentioned, is, is hard to find in some places, but it's going to be fascinating to watch what happens, kind of like we talked about in the NBA, how things start and where they, they go to the midseason point and towards the playoffs. For me, the one that jumps out is Brian Flores. And I'm not in love with Tua. I think Tua could be a bust. I really do. But you look at the Dolphins, they, they bring in Jalen Waddell. They got Devontae Parker. They've got Gaskin, and they got some you know pieces on offense. And the defense should be very intriguing to watch. I think if the Dolphins make that jump, they almost got to the playoffs last year. Flores might be the only Belichick disciple that ever ends up really doing anything as far as winning. And I think that at fourteen to one of the top four, well, McVay's in there as well. I, I Brian Flores jumps out at me because the Dolphins could be really good. Oh, I, they could also be garbage. But. I, I like the Dolphins. I I think they've got I, I've. I've gone back and forth whether or not to, to fire on an AFC East future on them to win it around four to one. Um, j- just so you know, Dan Campbell is on the list. Was he 150 to one? He's 50 to one. And those are the, the longest odds of any coach. Dan Campbell, Dave Cully, David Cully, John Gruden, Nick Sirianni, and Zach Taylor are your 50 to one. Did you get shot. odds on the worst coach of the year, like 0-17 lines? Or was it a Razzie? Yeah. They give out Razzies? The Razzies. <laughs> it's the nightcap here on Visa. Looking to hire? Indeed will help you speed up the process. They have 135 skills tests to help you find the right candidates faster. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN, a Friday night. Dan Leach, some people call him Dan Leach. Some people call me Adam Leach. Yeah. I, a couple. It, it's, 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 a, it's a new thing out there. Yeah. It's trending. Still uh, call me late for dinner. I like a good rib. <laughs> Uh, Chris Andrews will join us at the top of the hour. Always love talking to Chrissy. We'll talk to we'll talk about uh, the the odds, the division odds there at the South Point. Obviously, the South Point uh, has a has a horse race book uh, that I'm sure you'll be firing away on bets if you haven't already done so for the. Oh, I already have, and there's more coming. Um, so we'll talk to to Chris about that. And there's a rumor out there, rumor out there, that the South Point could be dropping some college football lines next week. 
Really? Yeah. I guess I do have to stay. Yeah, you're, you're... I was planning on leaving Monday, but I guess not anymore. Yeah, so uh, we'll see if we could pry some things from Chris Andrews about uh, some college football lines. Uh, Aaron remembers. Aaron produced the, uh, uh, the, the show I used to host uh, on, uh, on another network. Um, and the Golden Nugget, they're always first to market with their game of the year uh, college football lines. And it was, you know, a late May and I just ended up spending like three segments to start the show. <laughs> I, I could just, spend a whole show on that. Yeah, I just, I just started doing that. So, uh, yeah, that, that'll, be a, that'll be like a holiday for me. So can't wait for those to drop. And it should be happening uh, soon. We're starting to see those times uh, trickle out. I, I always get a kick out of it. And it got reported today or announced today that Michigan and Ohio State would be playing at noon. I'm like, yeah, that's so stupid. When don't they? They well, play every it, with, a couple times. They played at three thirty, but they really in the last I think decade or so, it's all been it's basically always been noon. noon. But the, I know I understand why they're doing it to just try to keep stuff relevant. And sure. there's no reason to release that time. I know that during the season, like my dad's a season ticket holder for the Wolverines, he gets very upset. TBAs, he hates the oh, TBAs. Yeah. But that's okay. That's during the season. I understand they have the rules, the two-week rule for Big Ten Network and all in Fox, and SEC has their own rules too. But in May, you don't need to know what the times are. In May. I don't need to know what time Miami, Florida State is in May. Yeah. I don't really care. Speaking That's of, what the line is. Hey, I, I just I, – uh, I, I love when those times get announced. Uh, by the way, Ohio State, Oregon, week two, noon. Ugh. Really? What at nighttime. Come on, noon. We, it's 9 a.m. Oregon time. Yeah, what are we doing? All right, what are we doing? Talking NFL. All right, let's get let's get back to it. Who will have the most wins in 2021? Regular season wins. BetMGM has these odds, and I'm gonna be lame here. Oh, you're rarely lame. Though. I, I I usually you know contrarian like the dog. I Aaron, our producer, has talked me into one potential play, but please don't tell me it's Washington. No, 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 no. The Chiefs, man, if they want to win the most games in the league, they're gonna do it. And I, I think they're and as you know, we had Adam Hill on earlier in the show, and he and he kind of alluded to what's you know, if the Chiefs want to do this, they're gonna do it. Over 12 and a half, if they want to, they're gonna get there. I think at four to one, look at the the, the Chiefs are, Dan, a team that is around a six to one or plus five fifty to win the Super yeah, which Bowl, which is insane. So at four to one to have the most regular season wins, which by the way they had the most regular season wins last year. Yep. I like this play, and it's I, I know we talk about value, and we don't want to be chalky, and everyone will look at this and say the Chiefs. I, I just I look at what they did this off season. I think the Orlando Brown trade long term was not the right move for the Chiefs. But for 2021, it was the right move for them. You got someone better than anyone you could have got at number 31 in the NFL draft. You got a plug-and-play left tackle. Now, why I don't like this long-term is they're going to have to pay him big-time left tackle money right. after the season. But that's but, worth it. But for one year, I'm talking about the, in the here and now, I like that move. They go out, they get Joe Thune, Creed Humphrey from Oklahoma, He's starting at center. He's their second-round pick. Boom, plug-and-play, starting at center. Nick Bolton, their second-round pick out of Missouri, the linebacker. He's a starter right away. Cornell Powell, wide receiver out of Clemson. He's coming in. He's contributing in the slot. Noah Gray, fifth-round pick. 
contributing right away at tight end if they go to two tight end sets. I think their draft in the immediate helped them out. They went four and two last, 14 and two last year. I know they struggled against the spread. I think this is going to be a motivated team. Yes, there usually is that Super Bowl hangover, but everyone, for the most part, is back outside of the offensive line. They remade the offensive line to try to, uh, to, try to protect Patrick Mahomes, which seems to be a smart thing to do. Uh, Kyle Long comes in out of retirement to be their right guard. They had one goal in mind, which was to remake the offensive line. They did so at a plus rate, in my opinion. I think they are the, they have the most wins. I think they're a pissed off team, and I think they go fourteen and three this year, fifteen and two even. And uh, I would say that they have the most wins at four to one. Look, I thought this would be like plus one fifty or or plus two hundred or something like that. Um, you know, middle of the season, they have they have a weird quirk where they have three straight home games and a bye in there. So they're at home for like almost a month straight. I just, I like this Chiefs team. Uh, they're an AFC team, so they get nine home games as opposed to eight. We know uh, Arrowhead's a great home field advantage. Yeah, give me the Chiefs, four to one. All right, well, listen, Tim, Tim, Cheru. I think you make some really good points there. I can't disagree with you much on the, you know, the frustration and the anger the bounce back, you know, it's like the reverse. When you win the Super Bowl, there's always a letdown a lot of times. When you lose the Super Bowl, the, a lot of those teams are getting back and winning Super Bowls. Well, actually, a lot of those teams stink. There's like a there's a letdown, letdown. We just yeah. lost the Super Bowl. Now we're going to let, I mean. But not that, a team like the Chiefs. Now the 49, that's what I'm saying. They they are just a different breed of uh, of animal. So, to, and I think Adam Hill brought this up earlier, that I think Andy Reid's been over his win total like every year. I mean, yeah. the, I look at the schedule, though. And I look at a game against the Chargers, who you love. I look at a game on the road against Tennessee. I look at the game on the road at the Raiders. We don't know what the... I think Tennessee's going to regress. That's my opinion. They still have one of the best running backs in the last 25 years in the NFL. But, you know, we'll see. I just, I really like Vrabel as a coach. And I think he could work some things out. But I'm not, I don't think that's a crazy I think thing. the loss of Arthur Smith is going to be big. Sure, for them. sure. Uh, but you look at, I, I think that there's more losses out there. The Chiefs are going to be, they're going to be right in the mix again. I, I mean, I, I haven't made my Super Bowl pick yet. It's too early, and I'm going to kind of lean into one kind of where I'm going with where I, th- I think I'm going to make my Super Bowl pick in a second here. I see more losses than this team, and that team is the Bills. The Bills are 9-1, and one, Tim, and I looked up and down this Bills schedule, and I'm, I know it might sound crazy, and I like being crazy because you got to be bold if you want to make some good uh, you know picks that are kind of off the radar. I see two losses for the Bills right now. At Kansas City on Sunday, October 10th, and they'll lose, even though they shouldn't, because they're going to be a lot better than the Patriots. They'll lose one of the two games to the Patriots, who have owned them in many ways. You just spoke so glowingly of Miami. Well, I, Miami's not going to have the most wins in the NFL. No, but... I'm saying, but Miami's you got them twice. If you're sure. Buffalo. I just you I got think... an early-ish bye week. I think Josh Allen matches up well with, with Miami. You, you just said that Kansas City, you, you stared at Kansas City and you said, Kansas City going to Tennessee, that's a tough one. Buffalo goes to Kansas or Tennessee. Not worried about it. So you're not worried about Buffalo nope. going to Tennessee, but you're worried about Kansas City going to Tennessee. Josh Allen's going to run and throw for 490 yards combined in Tennessee. Patrick Mahomes is better than Josh Allen. I totally agree. But that's why I said they're going to lose to Kansas City. But <laughs> you look at the rest of the schedule for the Buffalo Bills, who, like I said, I'm not making my They go to pick. Tampa. I'm not worried about that. They're, they're going to win. We talked about that game yesterday. I love them in that spot. They'll probably be like a six-point uh, underdog, or maybe five and a half, whatever. But I think the Bills, I'm not making it official yet, are probably going to be my Super Bowl pick. And definitely out of the AFC. I love the Chiefs. I was on the Chiefs the last two years. Nine to one, most wins in the NFL. I got them at 14 and two. Now I know that I'm I'm kind of going on a ledge a little bit. It's nine to one. I mean, look, I, I'm giving you 
giving you crap here, but yeah. I like when nine, you give me crap. That's part of the fun of the nine, show. I just picked a favorite, so you know, who am yeah. I? I? You know, I'm, I'm real I'm, ballsy pick, Tim. Yeah, I'm, I'm the guy. I'm you but know Joe Public here. Without being too, I mean, I know I'm being a little on a ledge when I say 14 and two Buffalo Bills, but they're so balanced. Yeah, yeah they're so good. Coach. They're not even going to play that 17th game. No, they don't even need it. They'll be they'll be 16 and 0. Just write it off. <laughs> but you look Houston. They're playing the Jaguars. They're playing the Jets on the road. Who cares? That's an easy win. The Colts could be interesting, but that's in Orchard Park. At the Saints, that doesn't scare me. The Panthers at at home. The the Falcons at home. All their toughest games, except for Kansas City, New England, and and maybe the Dolphins, too, are are, are in Buffalo. So, 14-2, I know that's a little high, but I'm I'm taking the 9-1. I think that's going to go down. I think it's going to go to 6.5, 7-1. I'm going to give credit to... uh... To Aaron Oster, our producer on this one, because it, it's it's good thinking. You know what Adam Hill talked about on the over on the Broncos win total, right? He said just blindly get bet at eight and a half, and you can get off of it uh, if Aaron Rodgers doesn't go there. Well, the Packers were a thirteen and three football team last year. You look at these odds right now. All right, let's just say for argument's sake, Dan, Aaron Rod, there was no there was no. No worry whatsoever. Aaron Rodgers is coming back. What what are the Packers? They're they're where the 49ers are. They're 14 to 1. Yeah, I would say so at 25 10 to 14 to 1. At 25 to 1, to me, it's absolutely worth a flyer on the green. It is an it's a joke. The Seahawks are not as good as the Packers, especially if Aaron Rodgers comes back. So it I don't think it'll happen that they would be, but a 13 and 3 football team with the reigning MVP getting 25 to 1 odds i would much rather take a flyer on that than broncos over 8 and a half wins i am with you but you know I'm the king of the nfc north and yes they were 13 and 3 i mean they do have to play the lions yes and that's two very tough games then forget it and like, of course the bears went to the playoffs i know that but that 13 and 3 to me was completely overinflated they were not a 13 and 3 team i think they were last year 2 years ago they weren't I mean, they were 13-3 back-to-back. I thought two years ago they were a fraudulent 13 Later in the season, thought, they were better. I thought they were a real 13-3 Really? Because I, I thought they were better last middle year. Middle part of the season, I thought they got lucky in some wins. But later got, in the season, they played and then great. they got absolutely gashed uh, in, in the championship game. And they fired Mike Pettin and brought in a, a defensive coordinator who got fired from Washington and Detroit. And that's saying something. That is saying what something, Tim. What were they thinking? I just, Joe Barry, that was the best they could do. They should have gone to find Rod Berardelli. I know Wisconsin's defensive coordinator turned. Joe Barry? (laughs) Really? Talk to Chris Andrews. Top of the hour from the South Point. It is the nightcap here on VSync. 